What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast resource dedicated to telling these stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. So we are at episode 98. We are into year number three of SIDcast. And if you guys are excited as I am, then that means you are stoked for today's show with Kevin Young. Uh, for those of you that pay attention over on Twitter and Facebook, um, and you can follow us at SportsVocast. That's how we brought Kevin in. Um, there was a discussion going on, I believe it was on a side of chat one Monday evening. And um, what was going on was talking about the, or maybe it was a front office sport article. I can't quite remember, but it, nonetheless, it was back in uh, September. And um, it was debuting and showing off the system that works for Samford. It might not work for everybody, but, and I am saying Samford, Kevin, um, to just to make you happy, big guy, but uh, the one SID system, and that's what they were discussing, and that's what we will talk about today, why it works for Samford, uh, why they had to implement that for the Bulldogs, and um, the rules and responsibilities, and moving on after the fact, uh, it's all touched on. Uh, in this episode here today. We'll also talk about Kevin's transition from being an SID to marketing side. Um, we'll also talk about what it's like trying to, uh, one, sort of pump up the program, pump up the media of a winning team, and then two, of a losing team, which was at the time, and now they're one of the top 25 nationally ranked FCS teams in Austin Pete. So we'll talk about all that, but first, guys, uh, I need you to go to iTunes, wherever you get this podcast, and leave us a rating and review takes a couple seconds. The benefit for you is that this community grows. Benefit for you is that more people hear about it. Uh, benefit for you is that maybe the more people that hear about it, uh, the more people will actually email me back saying, oh yeah, I've totally heard of this, you know, but we're working on a few things now that that might be able to, to change that up a little bit. Um, one more thing I want to add, and I know I want to make this one quick guys. Uh, I got a lot to do today. Um, it's just a busy, busy Wednesday afternoon, but, uh, Real quick, on Monday nights at 9 and 8, like I just mentioned, side of chat, uh, me, I will be hosting side of chat this upcoming Monday. I uh, will be talking about podcasting and some other life stuff. Um, I'll be posting some short video clip uh, questions as opposed to tweeting out the uh, question. I, I, I might still, I might do a little hybrid of both um, in one tweet. I'm not really sure yet. I've get, still got a couple of days to think about it, but, um, uh, yeah, be sure to come on out for that. That's a uh, side of chat Monday nights, nine Eastern time, uh, eight central time, seven Pacific six or no, seven mountain, six Pacific. I know my time zone. So, um, that's our good friend, Kelvin and, uh, Don. So, and they came on, if you guys were around a little going on two years, a year and a half ago, year and a half ish ago. Um, the two of them came on. Kelvin does have a solo episode. That's sidcast.fireside.fm slash episode. And don't quote me on this. Don't kill me, Kelvin. I believe you're episode nine, bud. I think you're episode nine. Everybody bear with me for a second as I pull it up. Uh, not next. Give me the final. Actually, give me the second to last. Uh, episode 10. I was close. Everybody just calm down. Bear with me. Episode 10, you can go to sidcast.fireside.fm slash 10, one zero, and you'll be able to find uh, all the stuff with Kelvin, his team, and what they have been doing. Um, 
making what a fantastic resource is inside of chat. So, guys, uh, Alexis said, already mentioned that you should follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsFocast on both of those. Let's see. I've told you rating and reviewing is important. Uh, sign up for our newsletter, uh, sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Uh, the newsletter gives you a nice and designed documents being in the process of, of rewritten. Um, it'll tell you what the episode is about, who we got coming up, some topics. Uh, you'll also be able to participate next October in the uh, SID Cast Hall of Fame that we just concluded with uh, eight inductees or seven, three, three. Oh, yeah, it was, it was more or less three, four, eight, eight inductees, but there's supposed to be seven. So seven inductees, um, depending on if there's a tiebreaker or not. But uh, you'll be able to vote in that, participate in that. And that system is ever evolving, ever improving. And um, if you are a part of our newsletter subscriber list, you will be getting some sort of uh, survey here coming up that will talk about what you like about this show, um, what improvements can be made about not only this show, um, the format of it, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, we're just kind of kind of reevaluate and reassess so that way we can make year three the best year that we have ever had as far as SID cast is concerned. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I don't know when that'll be coming out, probably in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, I'll give you all a heads up before I do it. So that being said, uh, that's where we will start off actually today with episode number 98 of SID cast with Kevin Young of the Samford Bulldogs. Hashtag all for Sanford and his very first taste of sports information right here on SID Cast. Uh, my first job was I was my first full time job was at Lee's McCray College covering 18 sports by myself, making twelve thousand dollars a year as their only SID. Okay. So that was my first job out of college i worked in college when i went to anderson university in south carolina not the one in indiana um but anderson university in south carolina i, w- I played baseball in college i got hurt i wasn't really good anyway <laughs> but got hurt and then um got into sports information um, operations i was running basketball games and, and meeting officials and doing all that stuff um, i built a student kind of club spirit club when i was there um, I was keeping stats for volleyball, keeping stats for soccer, baseball, softball, running softball games. So that, that, that was my first taste of it. Um, and then my first full-time job was at Leach McCray College, which is in Banner, North Carolina. Okay, awesome. Well, you said that you got hurt, got got involved somehow. Well, specifically, I mean, did you just fall into it? Did somebody approach you about it? Uh, spare no detail. I was bored. Students, if you're a student, when you go from being a student athlete to a student, there is so much free time. And mm-hmm. I was really, really, really bored. Yeah. Um, and when I was really, really bored, I said, what can I do to help? And at the time, I, I'd been in the training room a lot because I'd been hurt. So I was kind of helping as an athletic trainer. Well, they started getting me involved in traveling with teams. And so I started doing that. And I was like, okay, well, how else can I help and do these things? And and then one thing led to another. I, I don't do well when backed into a corner. And they, somebody said something at that university that ticked me off about student engagement. And I basically said, the heck with this. I'm going to create a student club and we're going to prove it can be done. And sure enough, it can be done. And we were able to do some things there that started a, an organization called Pure Gold, made some T-shirts and you know, put brought back their student section there at, at Anderson. It's something that still continues to this day. So that's mm. that's how I got into it all. And I started as I was at these games, I started keeping stats, too, for soccer paper stats for soccer um i started doing the book for baseball at home games doing pa scoreboard 
stat crew, all that stuff for baseball. Then on the road, the coach would take a picture of the score sheet, send it back to me, and I'd input it in. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, not, it was, yeah, you had some marketing stuff even like before you even knew that it was marketing, you know? You know, I fought making this move to kind of the marketing side for years in my career. Uh-huh. Um, and I, you know, I was in college, I had a marketing um, internship at a Fortune 500 company, enjoyed it, had a good time. I was like, no, nah, sports information, that's what I want to do. Uh-huh. I want to keep the stats. I love the history side. I love looking it up. I love um, looking at the streaks and getting into that stuff. That's fun. But I'm a terrible writer. Like, you do not want me to write anything for you. I mess my own tweets up all the time. It's awful. <laughs> so, Finally, they just moved me out and said, okay, you can't do this. You're awful at it. So yeah. that's kind of how I made the move. And, you know, the digital transition, as we get into this more, I'm sure we'll touch on it. But the digital transition, is it's so new, it it kind of evolved at the right time for me. Yeah, absolutely. And nobody was saying, I mean, and you guys have figured this out now. Like you said, we'll talk about it later. But nobody was saying that you couldn't have that historical aspect as far as marketing. And we will talk about that more and what you guys are doing later down there in Alabama. But, um Coming out of college, um, you just got all, a couple things through. You, you tried some stuff out in college, and then coming out of college, you were looking specifically for sports information stuff. Uh, what was the job process, job search like for you? It's really funny. I actually interviewed for the, the job that I got in January. I, I went up with the basketball team as the athletic trainer for men's and women's basketball that day um, with the team. Um, to Lee's McCray and, and they were in need there. They had, uh, their assistant lacrosse coach was the SID and their athletic director, um, Reed at the time wanted to make a full-time SID and carve that out. So he interviewed me for the job at the time. And we met in his office in between games. Like I literally got done taping an ankle and walked in his office to meet about sports information. And uh-huh. I like to do this and I work hard at it, that I enjoy the game operation side. I enjoy the stats side, the writing process and telling that story. And uh, he's like, well, we need that here. And so it, nothing happened. And, and they thought the guy was going to take a job and he ended up not. And that was part of the issue. And then he took a job. And it wasn't until August 1st. And I actually accepted the job um, before my 22nd birthday. So when I got the job, I was 21 years old. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, here we go. I'm <laughs> turning down working in the corporate world at this Fortune 500 company to go make $12,000 as an SID. Yeah. I'm either an idiot or I really love it. And yeah. I, I really love it. And that's that's how I got here. Yeah, that, that's quite the turn of events. But like you said, you're 21, just got out of college. Um, what was the biggest shock for you? What was the biggest shock running 18 sports being a, a one-man shop? You have no life. Yeah. You, you go from, you, you think, okay, well, we, we're not at home this weekend. Great. Well, that's not true. I, got, I had softball on the road. We didn't have baseball. I was in the mountains. So I had softball on the road. I had golf. We had a nationally ranked cycling program that was all year round, and you, you never yeah. got a break from it. So it was something all the time to push and to promote. And it's exhausting. And that work-life balance was probably my biggest shock. And, I spent a lot of time grinding and, and, and the support. We, we, you know, I had some great student workers, and that was our, that was it. Mm-hmm. They helped me with some game operations and stuff like that, and and really taught my student workers how to do volleyball stats, which is the funniest thing looking back on it now. These guys are keeping stats for us. Uh-huh. It's crazy, uh, but it's what we had to do at the time, and it was common practice back then. You know, this was ten years ago, so it's totally different. Before the digital age and. and in the league, that, that's what it was. It was common to keep stats on paper, then put it in afterwards and change it with the SIDs. So that was my biggest thing was, this is the process, this is how it all works, and 
man, it's it's exhausting. It's mm-hmm. it's tiring and it's a grind from August first until you know the end of baseball season. Yeah, absolutely. So coming out of Lee's McCray, uh, do you see the Austin P open up? Um, again, same phrasing of question. Well, where were you at with life at that time? And then um, how how did you get the job for the governors? So that's a funny story. Um, you know, there's a guy at Western Carolina named Daniel Hooker, and he says, you know, I, I've actually, this is my 10th season in the business and, and my seventh different school. So Hooker always makes a joke to me. He says, have polo, will work. So I went from Lees McRae to Wofford for two and a half years, a Division mm-hmm. One school as an assistant. That's where I learned how to be a real SID, okay. like what you really do with game notes how to be an administrator, how to do all those things. The, the staff there taught me a lot. Their athletic director, Richard Johnson, did a great job. Lenny Mathis was director of marketing at the time. They taught me how to be administrators. Brent Williamson was my boss. He taught me how to do game modes and what people look for and how to, how to do it. And then I went from Wofford to Western Carolina for a year covering men's basketball. I left there because I wanted to move up. I'd been there for three years. It was time to, to get a bigger sport to move up. Um, and then I took a chance from Western Carolina, and I was I was frustrated with the system. I I thought we could do more and, and do some things with social media where that was going. I kind of saw where it was all going, and I wanted to and I wanted to be a director. Where, you know, I was 25 years old and thought, oh great, I can come out and really do this. I was guns blazing, all uh-huh. that stuff ready to go, and took a chance on a on a Division two job at Texas A&M Commerce um, under an athletic director there named Ryan Ivy, who hired me and, and brought me out there. We had two interns. That's how I ended up getting to Austin P. Ryan left the next year, went from Commerce to Austin P. And a year later, brought me with him to run football. Football at Austin P. had been awful, historically awful. One in forty-five, zero in twenty-two. Had just gone winless the season before I got there. Um, and he brought me in to kind of help jumpstart that program and give them an identity. Had a young head coach that was thirty-one years old, Will Healy. Seen a lot written about him and the culture change that he has. And that was part of what it was for me. Like I was their SID, but I was also brand manager right we spent more time doing things on social media than we did for game our game notes were the worst in the country they were awful but it's because we needed to put value on social media to help recruit and to do those kinds of things turned in the number one recruiting class in the country the next year you know had five you know attendance records so it's it's that's how it all worked is you know that that was my transition from you know sports information to digital to marketing was this is what we need to do to build a brand, to build an awareness, to be successful. You have to change the culture. And by doing that, you have to build a brand on social media to help recruit. Best way to put butts in seats is to win games. Best way to win games, get better players. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like, like you said, that, that team was, can I say, abysmal up until now. You know, yeah. And now they're in the, well, the FCS top 25 every other week. Um, yeah. So... What was it like brand managing? Like you said, bring bring in to kind of help boost that program a little bit. And like you said, you got to recruit. You got to get those players in there in order to win those games. Um, so where do you start with with a program like that, or just any program in general? You know, that first year, the abysmal wasn't isn't the word for it. The the year before that, under the old coaching staff, was abysmal. They were not very good. Didn't have a lot of energy. Players weren't bought in. That year, I was there, and they were zero and eleven was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. This team was 0-10 going into Kentucky and thought they were going to walk into UK and beat Kentucky. And sure enough, at the end of the first quarter, was leading 13 to nothing. It's because he changed the culture. He, you know, as, as little things as he'd have a body cam language or a body language cam on players at practice. So we would do that by accenting positive things. And that's where I talk about diving into history. We were celebrating things on social media 
third down percentage over the last three games. We were celebrating stops. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it was, and that's what we were focusing on was the positive. Everything was pushed positive. We stopped putting up score graphics. We would put the final score on Twitter. But again, it's, it's you're managing your brand. That is your story. That is your timeline. You do it what you want to do with it. Now, the big thing was we had to be authentic while doing it. Right. Because if you're not authentic, people will see through it. So we took our account, took on the team's personality and his personality. Just keep working. Culture change. Change the culture. Work hard. Play hard. Have fun. And, they, you know, they had a saying it was Mission Possible. And our saying for the department was be a gut, be a champion. So we kept showing those things. If you come here, you'll be a champion. If you come here, it's a good education. You'll have fun. It, it's special to be a governor. There's only one governor in the country. There's the only one mascot in the country that's a governor, and that was at Austin Peace. So we made it special. We stopped doing graphics, to be honest with you. I spent a lot more time behind the scenes taking videos and raw photos than anything. Because if you were doing graphics, we didn't one, we didn't have a lot of things to push. But two, our players had personality. They bought mm-hmm. in. They believed. They were working hard at practice. They never stopped. Never any issues of, of sketch character or anything like that. You had great kids that you could build and tell a story around. And then we had the number one recruiting class, and everything changed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was your audience's reaction like to two things here? Um, one being a program that didn't really have any coverage like this. They didn't show any personality. Um, and then two, when you were reaching for those sorts of, uh, what was it, like celebratory moments, like the third down per percent, did anybody call you out on that? I mean, what what was your audience's reaction like to all this? Honestly, we I got some kickback from media members because I, my game notes went to, to crap. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we focused more on social media and my game notes turned into being the roster page, you know, depth chart, and a front page with some information on it. But then we just put the stat PDFs in there. Mm-hmm. You had your single game highs in there. You had your career highs. You had the numbers that you needed, but we stopped spoon feeding and stopped writing it out for. It was in there. You just had to go look. So we got some kickback from the media, but it was okay because we saw what was happening on social media. We saw the data. We saw the engagements going up. We saw the impressions going up. We saw that people were celebrating it with us, going, hey, this team is getting better. It became a rallying cry, and, and a lot of it is all we did was mimic our head coach. Our head coach had a ton of energy, and Will Healy. So we just took what he had and what he was saying publicly, and just portrayed it on our social media. Friendly, so it yeah. matched. Yeah, it, it was it was authentic. And when that message is authentic, and you're seeing it in one place, and you're seeing it in another, it's real, and people will buy into it and support it because they're invested in that program. We saw people coming back. We saw engagements going up. People started cheering for us and coming out and being wanted to be a part of it. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And this is, you know, pretty nuts to, to think about it and look back on. But the night we signed the number one recruiting class in the country, there were, there were people in Clarksville celebrating that by buying shots at the bar. So the, the fan base was hungry for positive. It had been down for so long that anything that was positive, they were just grabbing onto. And so they bought in. And it once they bought in, now you've got your engagements up, your attendance is up, your donations are up. People are helping tell your story for you, and now you've expanded your network. So we never really got called out. We never got feedback. It was just one of the weirdest things to ever watch. You just think, man, this actually works. Yeah. What about, and this is kind of a discussion point, because there's several programs that we have here that are very successful. Um, uh, for example, my cross-country team that I cover has won 13 straight conference titles, and they've been to the national championship X number of times in a row. What's it, what is it like to kind of cover that? And, and I know that it's, 
and tell their story a little bit, maybe telling a, a winning team's story because I, I think I listened to this this podcast. I haven't listened to it in a while. Uh, play by play cast. He, he um, talked to the uh, guy from UConn, UConn women's basketball, and he he asked him, "How many times can you say we won?" You know <laughs> exactly. So how how would you go about doing that? How would you go about telling a story with a, with a team that just doesn't stop? Uh. Honestly, I've had some of those in my, my past in our history, and it's easy then. It's because you have those positive. You know, we believe in celebrating all successes. So when you have those successes, it's easy. It's just boom, 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 boom. You're able to push stuff and go. Here at, at Sanford, our women's soccer team is on the verge. They're three matches away from breaking their unbeaten SOCON streak. They haven't lost a SOCON game, I think, in like 17 games, matches. It's absurd. Uh. It's, it's crazy. But again, you still treat it the same way. Mm-hmm. Once you turn the corner and you you have a brand and identity, you stick to it because that's who the program is. We allow our coaches and our programs to have their own identity. And I encourage our social media director here at Sanford and what I've done in the past is, you know, at Texas A&M Commerce, I had a surly head coach in football. He was very good. He was one of the best recruiters in the country, and he won a lot of games. But he was a personality, and he was a character, and he was a great fit for Texas. So our social media took that kind of swag about it to social media and said, hey, we're going to have big plays. We're going to do these big things, and we're going to have fun doing it, but we're also going to talk a little junk with you. So we we took that on, and that's where you are is you have to be authentic to the program. If the program is nothing but business and going about it, then you carry that mentality on social media. If they're fun, they're in your face – then you carry that mentality on social media. And you really let your programs dictate where you go. Yeah. And like you said, you got a brand management that you have for university as a whole, but you let your programs have your own personalities. How far Absolutely. away, how far away um, would you allow those programs to deviate away from the overall brand on digital? So we run those accounts for our coaches. Coaches okay. aren't allowed to post. In other schools that I've been at, we, we've allowed coaches to post within certain restrictions and things like that. But I think as, as you're managing that for them, you allow some freedom, but you also keep them in check with, you know, the brand management part is our graphics, our visual base. If our visual base is the same thing, we allow sometimes to be a little edgier for football or for soccer to be. Our soccer team here has a no, no, you know, not no fun, but it's business. It is. They're going to come in. They're going to play well. They're going to win. They're, they're going to leave. <laughs> they don't do a lot of self. They don't celebrate goals. They just they score. They get back and they play. And it's the same personality as their coach. But we allow that to happen because it's it is who they are. And while you don't let it push too far, you keep it with an obviously standard. But you got to think they're recruiting, and the fans that go to their games see that personality. Mm-hmm. So. To, there's no real answer for you other than you just have to be in the moment and feel what it is. If it's true to that brand, it is for us for volleyball. We would never take an individual approach to volleyball. Their, their motto is be a better bulldog. It's about family. It's about making things better. So things that we do for soccer are totally different than what we would do for volleyball. As long as that tie in is everything is for Sanford, which is here's all for Sanford is our hashtag. Then it's fine. And it's okay. Have you ever had any, uh flack from any coaches about that and they said how well how come program x gets this and we don't yes all the time and 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 you know what we say is hey coach i I understand what what you're coming from um but you can't compare apples to apples or apples to oranges you got to compare apples to apples so we look at relative programs to our size to what we want to be and we say coach 
here's a program similar to you, and here's what we're doing. We're kicking their butt. (laughs) So, And again, if you have the data and you have that, say, as coach, this is what we're doing, I I get you're comparing it to football, but you can't make that comparison. Um, We're posting about you two and three times a week. We've gotten you on our coach's show. We've gotten you on our our, um, podcast here at Sanford that we've started. We're doing these things to tell your story. Here's what we have coming up in the hopper for you. You, you show that and that you, they know that you're invested in their program and just as much too, they'll, they'll listen and buy in. And it's, it's you've got to build that trust. Yeah. How, what about getting, Trust me to do the job. What about getting those um, accounts away from the coaches? That's something that we struggle with. And, you know, when I was at Cosida, uh, we, had, we, had, we talked a lot about this. So Sean Medeiros' uh, panel. And I can't remember. It was like introducing new media to uh, old professionals, something like that. But I loved it to death because that's that's what it was for me. But um, our own coaches and assistant coaches have their own accounts. They're very, very, and we talked about this, territorial off air. Um, they're very territorial with it. Softball, you know, will post something like uh, happy birthday or this is our new um, this is our new freshman, get to know her. And then women's basketball won't do any of that. Um, how do you obtain those from coaches? How, how do you start that conversation to say, like, hey, we're trying to unify this. We get what you're doing, but it's time to give it up. What we've done here at Sanford, and, and we've we found success in it this year, is we, we get together and we meet with our coaching staffs twice at the start of every year. We meet with them once and we say, coach, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want? And then for us as, as communication professionals, we have to put our pride aside sometimes. And we have to say we have to listen before we can build a plan, before we can just get on and tweet. So we listen to our coaches and we say, what do you want? What do you want and how do you want your program portrayed? What are you telling recruits? What are you telling fans? And we have to listen and take that on. And once we do that, we come back, sit down as a team. My marketing director builds a marketing plan for that team. Our communication person builds a plan out for that team. And within our structure of what we do social media-wise, we build a tone and an attitude for that team. Then we go back to them. We present them with those plans. We say, Coach, here's how we're going to take it. Here's the things that we're going to do and the platforms and how we're going to do it. We're going to show photos that show your team celebrating on the court instead of highlighting an individual. Now we're also going to celebrate your stat accomplishments on the NCAA rank. We're going to do all those things. Cross country here is all about grinding it away. Iron sharpens iron. So all of our stuff is about them running and getting better and focusing on that and the pretty places in Birmingham to run. So we have those meetings and, and we listen to them first because as administrators, we, we're, we're here. The pyramid gets flipped upside down. You have the athletic director, administration, coaches, mm-hmm. student athletes. Well, we flip that upside down and we listen and we serve our programs and our, and our students at the end of the day. And once your coaches understand that that's what you're doing, that you're there to help them, they'll be a lot more receptive to what's going on. And here it's, it's totally different. I mean, we've got one person covering social media. We've got one SID, like, they understand the problems that we have, but we've been able to show data and value. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're going to do it, and this is what it looks like. Yeah, awesome. Well, there you guys go, brick by brick. That's how you started up. <laughs> yeah, that's a great example. You've got to build that foundation with people. You can't just come in guns blazing and think you're going to make huge changes. Yeah, absolutely. So before we move on to, uh, to another topic that I think most people are tuning in for right now, um, leaving Austin P, getting to Stanford. Uh, we've talked the uh, same phrasing question, how'd you get here? Um, job process like, you're, you're already smiling, you know what I'm asking. Yeah, it's, uh, Sam, not Stan, so Stanford, not Stanford. <laughs> Did I say Stanford? 
Yeah, you're Gosh. in Stanford that time. <laughs> yeah, um, but now uh, I, I got here because um, I again I was had been at Austin P for two years. Um, I, I was I had moved from being an athletic communications director for football and tennis and beach volleyball to senior director of marketing and digital media. So I oversaw, I moved from sports information to overseeing all aspects of marketing, all of our stuff on video boards, all of our streaming stuff, um, and, and all of our social media accounts. And I was running all the social media accounts by myself at that time. And, and, and we were doing it that way. Um, and I, I was ready for another challenge. I was ready to run an external department and put ticketing responsibilities into that and, uh-huh. and build a brand. And, and Sanford had a job opening and kind of approached me about it. And I was, I was very interested and, and uh, came on an interview. I, I knew about Sanford because of my time in the Southern Conference for four years before. And it's a beautiful campus and Birmingham's a great city. And I was like, you know what? I can, I can go build something there. There's a lot of positives there. Um, and, and here, and I said, when I came here, I said, look, you've got a great product in your student athletes and, and this facilities and, and the things that are going on here. Our processes aren't very good. And then we had some people that we had to change a culture and, and do that. And I, and I wanted that challenge. And, uh, you know, I, that, that's how I got here. We all want to strive to do something. And, and that was my goal was, okay, I'm ready for something else. I'm ready to take on new challenges. It, and this is going back to me mispronouncing the school yet again. Uh, I actually have a, uh, uh, a, a girl from my high school is a grade lower than me. Is actually a women's basketball player for Stanford, right? Or Sanford? Gosh, Sanford right now. You know, it's all, leave me alone. It, it's all right. You know, we'll 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 move on. From she's it. here now. She's here now. Her name's Olivia Crozier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I haven't really talked to her in like a long time, but uh, that's that's the Madison connection for you. But um, you guys down at Sanford do something that not a whole lot of places do and I'm just going to put that lightly because you're probably the only place that does it um front office sports did a feature including you interviewing you um about what you guys do under a one SID system before we get into anything else for those that haven't heard how about you explain exactly what that is what that means disparity of responsibilities um spare no detail on it so our external staff is, is made up of about nine of us. We have um, assistant AD for communication, um, and, and it's your traditional SID. I have a director of communication, and he is our social media director. I have a creative content director who basically is our creative uh, videographer, for lack of a better term. He handles football, men's basketball. Um, I have a director of marketing. Um, she oversees football, men's basketball. We have an assistant director of marketing. We call it a marketing coordinator person. I have a tickets um, operation, ticket sales person. Then I have a video production person as well that handles our streaming, our ESPN3, and our coaches shows. And then um, I think that's it. And I have myself. Um, So our roles are I oversee our department, kind of set the vision. And what I tell our our staff here all the time is I don't actually do anything anymore. (laughs) I just kind of run around and talk to everybody. And then on game days, I work for them. Because as an administrator, if you're running around on game days doing things and you haven't prepared your staff, so there's nothing really left for me to do on game days except for I help and I work for them. 
So I do anything from on Friday nights clipping soccer and tweeting social media. Next Sunday, I'll be running our expression graphics for our ESPN broadcast. I take photos of games. I do what we need to get done to help because I understand that, that we might have a low you know, personnel count. Um, the responsibilities are our assistant AD for, for athletic communications is uh, Joey Mullins, and Joey's responsibilities is our website to write all press releases, um, to handle our website, to handle biographies, to handle all that stuff. He's also kind of our relative historian because he's been here forever. He handles our Hall of Fame. He does all the written things. He also is tasked with writing two features a month, which is a historical and a, a new um, a new feature. And he's done a fantastic job. His story the other day, um, by the time this comes out, be about a month ago, our two twins that we have playing soccer was a very well-written piece had a lot of views on it and people receive that because people want to hear the stories of our student athletes. So that's why we focused on that. Um, Austin Scott is our director of social media. He posts everything for us. He handles all, he handles 16, 15 of our 17 accounts. Uh, um, and he does the day to day and he schedules those out. He builds our graphics. Oh, I also forgot BJ Millen, who is our graphic designer. He works across campus in video, but he does graphic design work for us. So he's built all of our templates. He builds the templates that Austin works within. And we, we, we design the templates so that they don't have cutouts. So we're dropping photos in. So Austin, we can be more efficient in the posts that we're doing. Um, Austin's job is to track everything on NCAA with Joey about where of our stats, who's leading, how do we celebrate that on social media and reach maximum exposure. He helps our marketing team come up with creative ideas, um, Instagram takeovers. We, we just gave a bunch of tickets away to the NBA game here, but we did that as a drive to engage with our social media to, to grow our Instagram followers. Worked out perfectly. He did a fantastic job with that. He also monitors our socially, which is our, um, our, our brand you know, awareness um, software that helps us onboard our student-athletes. We're able to provide them all the content after the game. They post it within the app. We're able to track engagements. We also can run marketing campaigns through that. So he helps do all that. He's currently running one for soccer this weekend where we're sending stuff and he's running our coaches' accounts doing all those things. And it allows us to expand our brand. We rely heavily on our students. And we have a great number of student workers and interns here that from photographers. All of our photographers are our students. Um, and we have a process in place that allows a photo to be taken directly from a camera to be uploaded into Photo Shelter to be down, downloaded, branded. We're saving all our originals. We're putting these in, and we're, we're making a gallery. When it goes to that gallery on the website, it also gets sent to our student-athletes' cell phones so they can post to social media, and we can track it. So that, in a nutshell, is what you're asking. Um, we also outsource our stats. Mm -hmm. So stats for volleyball, men's, women's, basketball, football get outsourced to a company called Scores Table. Um, that helps us in games be able to do more things. Joey can just worry about writing. He doesn't necessarily have to be paying attention to the game and problem solving. He can be worried about writing, handling media needs for basketball and football at home games. So that's kind of our balance and our structure. It's odd. It's unique. But the key to it is we have a group and we do everything together. We have two weekly staff meetings where we meet at 11 a.m. for 10 minutes on Monday 11 out of 11, we talk about what's coming up. Then we break down on Tuesdays. We talk about each sport and what we need to do. So we, we're not siloed. We're in constant communication with each other. Um, and that's really key to making this work. Let's 
talk a little bit about the game day stuff. And that's something that I find a huge benefit to this. And you know, everybody out there that's stuffing those Cosida uh, panels about work-life balance, this would be it. Because describe to me, Kevin, uh, what time you guys are all done. You don't have to even have, with this system, you don't even have to stay after, essentially, because you got somebody doing it for you already. And that's what it is, is this, this giant sort of totem pole that they can get to go home early or not, well, not early, but, you know, at least be able to see their families or kids before they fall asleep. Right. So let's say this Friday night, great example, right? So we have volleyball on the road and soccer on the road. Um, Volleyball ended up playing 41 extra points. Think about that. It was a crazy match, right? So I'm covering volleyball from a social media standpoint. I'm screen recording the game where I'm running social media tweeting it. Joey, our sports information director, is back watching both games on live stats. He's writing the press releases. As we go, we changed our style, bullet point style, focusing on quick summaries, and then celebrating those stats with inside the box score. Who were our leaders? Were they career highs? Were they season highs? Stuff like that that we can really highlight and celebrate. So he's doing that as the game goes on. The minute the game's over, you look down. Okay, well, let's just run through the box score, run through the career highs real quick. Now I'm done. He puts that on the website, tells Austin, who's our director of social media, hey, it's there. So as soon as volleyball's over, I post the final score graphic. Austin, who was covering soccer, posts his final score graphic. He gets this, the press release from Joey, schedules the next the, the press release to get tweeted about an hour or so later, and we're done. Yeah. So it, it's really interesting to see and to do because you're more efficient. Mm-hmm. And at home games, we, you know, Austin's also monitoring our photography stuff that's coming in and making those graphics as those photos come in. We're able to build galleries right away. And within 30 minutes after a game, we're able to have galleries online. We're able to have those photos sent to our kids' cell phones so they can post. So there are a huge benefits to this because we've spaced the work out and yeah. you're not just throwing one thing on one person. And the argument is, well, you're making one person do a lot of the work. They have to write everything. You're right. Joey has to write everything and Austin has to write and post everything for social media. However, you're splitting the responsibility up on game day. So it's not just on one person. While you might have to work Saturdays and Sundays, well, Mondays and Tuesdays, I encourage our staff to get out of here, to do what they need to do, take the weekend off or take the week the half day off on Monday, take the morning off on Tuesday. Joey typically gets out of here early on Wednesday because you know, after you're doing your players of the weeks and you're busy, all that stuff with notes, Wednesday can be a breather day for him because it's the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. And it, you, you just have to understand that as an administrator, where can I help get people out of here and get them rested? Where can I help them in their jobs and what they're doing? Um, and once we have clear direction and we have everybody on the same page, it's easy. You showed me the numbers off air and, and it's, yeah. it's working for you guys. It's absolutely working. And the only thing that you've done is the, um, is Taylor making it to somebody's strengths to being more efficient? In the name of efficiency is what you're doing. So what kind of a, a reaction have you seen from a statistical standpoint as far as I know? Can you summarize that little graph that you showed me earlier? Maybe that might help out some people a little bit with just how well this works for you guys. So 
So we're our attendance. Let's start there. Okay. It, it, the external staff is is, is we're, our job is to, to make revenue and, and sports information, marketing, ticketing. It's all in that revenue category. It's to build awareness, to grow the brand, to have fan engagement. That's why we do this. That's why we tell these stories and write these things so that people read and engage with us. That's part of the SIDs rule. Sometimes SIDs and marketing forget that and they butt heads about, oh, it's about marketing about selling tickets oh it's about people reading and awareness no guys it's all for the same thing your student athletes to grow them and to 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 you know put the awareness down and get fans to engage yeah. so our our attendance on average is up 24 percent overall at football games we're up 31 percent for students coming to games we set the school record for student attendance at our football opener 42 percent higher for employees twitter impressions are up 11 percent 41 percent in engagements 121% in media views. Now, that's social media and revenue, uh-huh. right? And those are things that in this day and age, if you're doing those things, those should go up every year, year to year. However, website data has been declining over the past five years. You've seen a lower number in page views read. You've seen lower numbers in users interacting with your website over the last five years. Comparative to 2016, we're up 184% in users, 155% in sessions, and 86% in page views because we became more efficient. We're able to do more with less. We quit writing previews for every sport. Volleyball and soccer, they don't get a preview. What we do is we write one big preview. Football's in there. Volleyball and soccer are in there. Cross country's in there. Tennis is in there. Track's in there. So while fall tennis might not be a big deal, because it's out of season, mm-hmm. it is a big deal to us now. It's in our weekly preview. More people are going to read that and care about that. We have time to mention that, to celebrate those successes and do those things. Baseball working out, we're able to have guys go out there and take photos and create content for that. We're able to write stories about a missions trip for women's volleyball, or I'm sorry, women's basketball that, that went on a mission trip during the summer. We're able to do those kinds of things because that's what people want to see on a website. They want to see those features. They want to read the story of the student-athletes. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that, that's our why in external. Our why and our group is to tell the Sanford story. If we're doing that right, then our numbers will go up and we're doing our job. Let's talk a little bit about engagement here. And what you mentioned earlier is using some branded photos and a new software that you guys got. And the way that you guys do this is you, you send the photos, the branded photos, to the student-athletes. And the student-athletes post it. You're able to track it. Boom, more engagement. So you showed me off air the engagement numbers that those student athletes get as opposed to your main account gets. So uh, what is the software? Um, how does it work? And uh, what are you guys hoping to do with it in the future? It's, it's actually two softwares. Two um, softwares. Photo Shelter is, is a company, Libras by Photo Shelter. It, it allows you to store um, photos in a gallery. It allows you to send that link out to media members so we're able to take original photos in a game we're able to take interviews we're able to take highlights we put it in one big bucket that bucket link gets sent out to all our media members and they get a password they can go download the original photos for media for the newspaper if they want a photo for al.com that covers it for all of our stations the highlights from the game are in that folder as well so we're able to do that we're also able to have photo galleries that go on our website are more interactive and a little more visually pleasing than the sidearm photo galleries and it, it, it's a way for us to list. What we do is we brand it. Why? Because our logo might not be recognizable to everybody. We're a small private Christian school in Birmingham, Alabama. We have to grow awareness, and we have to expand our footprint. And the best way to do that is by grassroots marketing, by getting out there 
and to natively growing it by touching and reaching people. Well, how do we do that when we have a small staff and we're in Birmingham, the capital of football with sandwiched by Alabama and Auburn? Simple. We get on their phones. How do we get on their phones? We expand our network. We expand our network by using our student athletes. So every time they post a photo, it's got our Alabama State logo on there. It's got Sam Dot, our logo. It's got the Nike check. So that's telling you, one, where our school's located, what our logo is, and who is our apparel deal. Why is that important? Because those are three major things for recruits. Mm-hmm. It also has our hashtag on there, which is all for Sanford. Why is that important? Because our logo doesn't necessarily have the word Sanford on it. It has Sam Dot, which is a very unique thing to Sanford. So people see that Sam Dot is Sanford. So we're expanding our brand and recognition by doing that. And let's face it, all these kids, they want photos of themselves. They want to post it. They want to show mom and dad what they're doing. And they want to show their friends what they're doing because they're proud of that. So all we're doing is using that pride and using the things that we're doing and growing our network because the people interacting with those are mom and dad. They're donors and boosters. They're students that go to school with them. They're high school kids that are still in high school that might follow them from their high school top that helps in recruiting. So when you put it down, we have about 11,000 people that follow us on our football account. We have about 200,000 people follow our student athlete, our football student athletes. So we, what, quadruple, triple? I can't do that math. It's a lot of numbers of getting higher in our network. And you see that. People are more inclined to interact with student athlete-driven content. And, and it works, but it helps grow our brand as well. And they're great brand ambassadors. They're proud of the things that they do here, that they're humbled by the opportunity and the reason to play. So that's that's what we do. And it, you know, so when it goes up into Photo Shelter, we download it, use that for gallery, and then socially is our brand awareness platform. It takes those photo galleries that we do and automatically pulls it from Photo Shelter and Libris and sends it to our student athletes' phones. Those photos are directly on their phone. They click on a link. They see the link. Okay, they've got every photo that they've ever been tagged in, that the team's ever been tagged in, available at all times for them to post. Um, And when they have that, they can scroll through and post a photo at any time. So at any time, let's say a guy wants to post something about an upcoming game or he's just talking about working hard, we've got some practice photos in there. They're able to go do that. And by that, it helps grow our brand. We're also able to use socially for ticket awareness campaigns and send stuff directly to them with a graphic in there about, hey, we're getting close to basketball season, ticket link. And people are more likely to engage and interact with that and retweet and share it, which expands our network. It's, it's like I said, it's grassroots marketing using technology. Yeah, awesome. One last question about this 1SID system, then we got to move on here. Um, the, only qu- the only thing that I can think of that might be a little bit of a disadvantage of this is, and that just might be because I'm a young professional, but um, getting a job after a system like this or, or getting a job into a system like this. Um, you know, because some, some job postings might say, well, you'll be responsible for soccer, for swimming, and for baseball. Um, how would this system potentially benefit that in any sort of way, maybe even combat that sort of problem? It's different in that we wouldn't post it that way. We would yeah. post, and, and you build a profile for who you're trying to hide. Right. Think about it as an athletic director trying to build a profile for a coach they're trying to hide. They want certain characteristics for what they need in a position. So we need somebody that can write, that can handle stats, that enjoys that part. There are plenty of SIDs out there that enjoy that and want to do that. I am not one of them. Joey Mullins, our SID, is one of them. He does a fantastic job at it. 
to counter your point, we went to this not because of, oh, hey, this model might work. It was because of issues and budget cuts and headcounts reduction we were facing here at Samford. Right. So we had to do this. And and we had a a GA and Austin Scott on our staff already. And I was like, look, you know, instead of spending more time teaching him the SID side, he's very good at social media already and understands Photoshop. So let's play to our strengths. Joey, very good at writing, keeping stats, keeping up with histories and trends. So what was our strength? How I, I had a problem. I had a staff. I had a problem. And I knew what the solution was supposed to look like and what the vision I wanted for this department. How did we get there? And that's when we had to solve the problem. Um, again, I, I understand the point of young professional moving up, but you know, my job as an administrator at Sanford is to do what's best for Sanford Athletics. All for Sanford. And, yep, all for Sanford. <laughs> if that's that's my job is to make the best decision for Sanford. And, and in the time, that was our best decision for Sanford. Do I, do I recommend this for everybody? No. no. But what I would recommend is change your line of thinking on where you're putting your resources into things. Look at your website numbers. Compare website numbers to digital and social media. There's a broader audience in reaching social media than there is on website. So it's changing how you think. And we changed how we thought. We changed the, th- uh, the way of, okay, well, we need to do this because it's always been done. With all due respect, that's dumb. Doing things just because it's always been done that way is not for the best decision of what about this going on. You have to evolve in this business. You have to change and be relevant. Or as a communication professional and, or a marketing professional, you're not doing your job. You're not growing brand awareness. You're not engaging with fans if you're doing the same thing over and over. You have to evolve. And that that's... That's kind of my counter to the young professional working at. Well, if I'm trying to hire you, then you're applying for a job that I have open that has those skill sets. Mm -hmm. And as an older professional or as a professional that a younger professional that might just like stats and writing, that's great. I will use you to tell the story. You can help and develop a brand and be an integral part of it because we can't do feature videos and social media without understanding the stats, without understanding the story. SIDs have a unique way of sitting down with people and interviewing them and getting those stories. We can't do anything without that. Joey just wrote a great piece for us about our soccer twins. We wouldn't have had that without his word-telling abilities, and people want that. They want to read the stories. If you give somebody a good story, they're going to read it. They're going to engage with it. Yeah, awesome. Well, the guys, there you have it. If you had any questions about that, Kevin, got you covered. Uh, I'd like you to transition to part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. First one I have for you, Kevin, is uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure? Um, that's tough. Um, I, I have been a part of some very successful teams and, and had some teams do some incredible turnarounds from Texas A&M Commerce turning around to winning a conference championship, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I honestly think my greatest memory was watching Austin P beat Morehead State to end the streak. Um, and, it, and it was the losing streak. We were 1-45, in 0-24, um, and watching that moment was one of the greatest things because we'd worked so hard for it. And, and to watch the emotion on Will Healy's face, the head football coach, after going 0-11, Ryan Ivey's face, athletic director and mentor of mine, after going 0-22, is two years. And the kids that had balled in, that kept grinding, that kept fighting, that was special. And then they just kept freaking winning. And it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. So that 2017 season at Austin P is one of my greatest memories. Awesome. What about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story? Not getting into the playoffs in 2017. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that, you know, all that hard work. Eight and four, eight and four you don't get into the playoffs, well, that's tough to swallow. Yeah, that sounds rough. Um, what's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Listen. Listen, but don't be afraid. Because if you're going into this, your ideas do matter, and what you, you say matters. But listen to people as how to act and to be a professional. Um, and I, I have one of the youngest staffs in the country, and you know I have a 22-year-old, a 22-year-old, a 24-year-old. I have four under 24 right now. Wow. So we are an incredibly young staff, um, and I, I, I tell them to listen, but I tell them to challenge yourselves and constantly push yourselves as well. Don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to have an idea and to throw it out there. But listen as far as how to act, what to do, how to carry yourself. Yeah, awesome. I like it a lot. Uh, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? You know, it's probably an easy one, but the digital side, the data side. There, there's so many ways in, in understanding where people are and what they engage with and how to get them to engage. And, and really, again, that's all you're doing as an external. You know, you're trying to get people engaged with you. So what type of content do they want to see? You know, they don't want to see the previews. They want to see those feature stories. So how do we how do we do that? How do we get them to engage with us? And that puzzle, that challenge is, is the fun of it. Yeah, awesome. Um, what's uh, some characteristics, maybe some things that they do that make you look at somebody and say, that's a good SID? They care. SIDs care about their student-athletes and their programs more than, than most people. And, that, and, you know, same thing with me. Growing, I, I, you care about those kids because you're with them every day. And you, you want to tell their story. And that's in again. That's the invaluable part is telling that story and engaging with fans. And SIDs care about their product. They care about their university. They care about their student athletes more. And that's one thing, you know. As I've been growing into to these roles, is, is serve your student athletes and your coaches. And SIDs are the, the most selfless people that you that you'll ever work with. Yeah, awesome. Um, work life balance. What do you do to have fun? I work. <laughs> I'm giving up my Sunday this weekend to run expressions graphics for it now. Um, that's tough because uh, I have been so committed in recent years um, to the profession and to do growing to growing into it. Um, honestly, I like to just get out and check out for a day and watch mindless TV and a movie and stuff like that and keep it low key. When when I'm away from work. I enjoy being, you know, sitting outside on the balcony and not doing anything, but maybe drinking a glass of bourbon and watching a sporting event kind of thing, mm-hmm. or listening to music with friends. I love having people over and cooking and cooking out. I actually love to cook, and I'm a very good cook. Okay. That might surprise some people, but I, but I do enjoy that, and that, that's very fun to do. Other than your house, next time someone's in Birmingham, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Saul's Juke Joint. Oh is yes, really good. Oh, thank you. I was, okay, I was gonna. All right, I'm gonna stop right there. Really good. On the way down, the national championship from Fort Wayne, we stopped off in Birmingham at Saul's Juke Joint. That is oh, literally the best wings I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it's Saul's is a it's a barbecue place around town. There's three and four different ones of them around oh, here. It's a great barbecue God. place. It's really good. Taco Mama from Mexican is really good. Great margaritas. 
it's there's a nice those are some local places there's a nice little sandwich place called melt i mean you've got birmingham is a surprisingly great foodie scene uh, yeah 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 I, I can imagine but i was so glad that she said that because i was going to suggest that after whatever you said i was like yeah. whatever it is it doesn't matter because sauce juke joint blows them all out the water but and they have live music and it's great atmosphere to go oh, sit yeah. in this little place yeah it's uh, the one we went to was super tiny you know, we were yep. trying to cram like 60 athletes in there, <laughs> but like it wasn't working, you know, but it was no. still, people were eating while they were still standing out, while we were still standing yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it's, it's Saul's is a great place. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I can't wait to go back to Alabama one day. But, um, uh, if anybody had any questions for you, wanted to get in touch with you, maybe follow up with you after this, what'd be the best way to do it? Twitter DMs. Um, I hate email. Um, our staff, we don't use email, so if you're emailing me, I'm sorry. Um, we use Slack to communicate but and text messages, but Twitter DM is the best way to get me. It's at K-E-V-M Young. Um, feel free to reach out and ask, and you know, I've, as, as we've gone through this, I've asked people, hey, come down and see. Come spend a day with us and see how we operate, or come ask some questions and, and you know, give me some suggestions and advice. You, you're never, you've never been in this business too long to keep learning. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you very much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Uh, glad you're here. I know you're not the first to kick off your three with us, but I'm glad you're uh, one of the first to kick it off. Uh, I appreciate it, David. And uh, I think it's, uh, I've enjoyed this podcast over the years, had some really good friends come on it. So I'm, I'm appreciative of the time and, and giving us a chance to, sh- to share what we do and to kind of open up some lines of thinking. All right. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks. Oh, Well, guys, there you have it. That was episode 98 as we march on. Keep on marching on to uh, episode number 100. Next week, we'll have Liz Wasinga from Kentucky Wesleyan College and the Panthers. She'll be the second person from KDUB uh, to come on the show. We'll talk about being a young woman professional in the sport industry. Uh, We'll talk about being a young SID. We'll talk about being mentored by some of the uh, what I think, and I think that you all agree with me, are some of the best SIDs. in the United States currently right now, who just so happened to be working in some capacity at Kentucky Wesleyan. Um, we'll talk about all that and more. Leave us a ring review, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it only takes just a second. I don't know if you're aware of that, but in the podcasting app, you just scroll down those little stars. For you, they might be gray, and for some, uh, they might be lit up because you've already done this, but just click on whichever one you want. Uh, leave us a rating review. Give us a sentence or two as to why you enjoy the show. Um, and what others you think could get out of it. So, uh, again, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Overcast. Uh, and you can email me anytime, sportsovercast.gmail.com, guys. I want to thank you all for listening, and we hope to catch you all in the next episode.